Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening live to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the building, CBS Studios, live in the Miracle Mile. I'm here with my partner, the GOAT, GB, Greg Biggins. What up? What up, Keith? You okay over there? I am, man. <laughs> I, had, I had a little bit of a rough start this morning, man. That monster kind of got to me, but... You got a little something in your throat. Got a little something, but we're going to work it out. There you go. We'd like to welcome everybody joining the number one high school foot podcast, football podcast in America, The Transparent Truth. We got a lot of exciting news to share today. On top of that, we got a lot of great information. We're going to talk recruiting top performers. We got a new sleeper of the week out of the city section, Los Angeles city section. We're going to be breaking down games from last week, looking at the upcoming games from this coming week, and we got a man listen segment that you're not going to want to miss. But without further ado, let's get this party started. GB, hit us with recruiting. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. We've got a lot of recruiting notes, Keith. That's a good thing. You let me all, clear my chest. All kinds of recruiting notes. There you go. Yeah, if you want to just keep coughing, I don't think anyone's going to mind, right? This is a football podcast. It's all no, good, this baby. is not a distinguished group of people. This is a bunch of hardcore roughnecks. Let's stop. We've got a couple of juniors that made early commitments. How about Kobe Bowman from St. John Bosco committing to his dream school, the Stanford Cardinal? First time I saw Kobe play, I guy just looks like a Stanford receiver to me. Uh, 6'3", loves to block, he's physical, uh, good hands. I think he's got underrated speed. He kind of showed that a few times. Modern day game, took a little pass and a little slant and went to the house. So I think Kobe's got room to get better. But, uh, you know, obviously great student off the field. And I always love when a kid can commit to his dream school. And also Casey Klein from Brawley, California, 2019 athlete. Uh, chose or uh, excuse me, chose Arizona over Oregon. Also had a Washington State offer, but uh, Casey kind of an int- intriguing kid. He's a six four, two hundred ten pound athlete. Plays a little quarterback, a little outside linebacker. Uh, has the frame to grow into a defensive end. I'm assuming he'll uh, play on the defensive side of the ball for Arizona. But shoot, the way they use quarterbacks and and Khalil Tate, they kind of like having an athlete back there. But I think Casey's really good as a, as a defensive player. Again, with that frame, I love him as a future defensive end slash outside linebacker. So Casey Klein going to U of A. Also Oregon State with an intern head coach, Corey Hall, picking up commitments left and right. I think they got two or three in the last week. Kind of reminds me when Coach Orgeron at, at USC was just an intern head coach. They were putting offers out and taking commitments from players. So Oregon State got Craig Francois, a linebacker from Cathedral High School. And also Isaiah Tufaga from St. Louis High School in, uh, in Honolulu, Hawaii, a DB, a really hard-hitting physical safety. So I, I like both these two kids a lot. Francois is a guy, you know, Corey Hall went to the Cathedral game on Friday, offered Bryce Young, uh, offered Stephon Wright, and offered uh, Craig Francois, and he went ahead and committed the next day. 
he said he wanted to get it done early, and he's always kind of liked Oregon State, never been there before, but they took two kids. Uh, Oregon State did from Cathedral last year, Jeffrey Manning and uh, Eric Fleming, the receiver. So I felt good about it. Uh, Washington State took a <laughs> commitment from Victor, uh, from uh, D'Angelo McKenzie from Valley Christian High School in San Jose. Kind of a swing combo safety slash corner. I think he can do both, but he'll play safety for Washington State. Uh, I was a big fan of his at the Nike camp up in Oakland. Uh, kind of a rangy kid who can move and a pretty good athlete for his safety. He's one of those guys, I think a modern day Pac-12 safety, uh, meaning he's got cover skill. You can't just have those big... You know, guys that can come down here on a hit but can't move around in space anymore. You need to have a guy at safety that can actually cover some people. That's McKenzie. And last but not least, from the commitments, Demetri Washington from Solano Beach, a big 6'5", 235-pound defensive end, committed to Boise State. So a big athletic kid going to the Broncos. A ton of official visits. <clears throat> And before I move to official visits, Coach, I want to give you an opportunity. Uh, any of those guys are committed? you want to give a little two cents on any of them? Got your voice back over there yet? You know what? I do have my voice back. Um, Kobe Bowman. We'll talk a little bit about Kobe Bowman. Okay. So, saw Kobe coming um, out of ninth grade, going to, excuse me, coming out of eighth grade, going to ninth grade in the St. John Bosco. I remember talking to him, having a conversation, saying, hey, man. I really like your length. I like your size. I like your catch radius, your ball skills. If you can improve on your speed, I think you really got something. Kobe spent the next two years on the track, um, on the, in the offseason of football, and got on the track, improved his speed. Like you said, I think it showed up big time for St. John Bosco on that slant uh, to the house. They took for about 60 yards. A lot of room for improvement with Kobe. I love him as a blocker on the perimeter. We know how important the uh, perimeter run game is to college football right now in terms of um, outside zones or bubble screens. Great to have a guy like Kobe out in front with his size and his strength being able to block. And I think you're right, Greg. Quintessential Stanford type receiver, big, physical, long, ball skill guy, really smart, uh, and a great blocker because you know they're going to run the football. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, several schools hosted some some pretty key official visits. Visits Start, start off with uh, Oklahoma who tripped in a couple of Southern California players and a couple of players I'm still going to claim from Southern California who are now at IMG. Uh, TJ Pleasure, who's already a Sooner commit, but there was a lot of rumors that he was looking at other schools, visited Nebraska a few weeks back, and there was a lot of UCLA talk with TJ, but had a great trip. Uh, mom, mom was with him, and he told me after the trip, and again, you know, kids always say this kind of stuff, but he said, you know what, I'm solidified, I'm done, I'm 100%, I'm down with Oklahoma, I'm a Sooner Boomer sooner, baby. I'm in. I'm locked in. Do you believe that, Coach Keith? Listen, if the kid says it, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm all in. I'm going to go with it. But I do know one thing that these are kids, and kids have a tendency to make a commitment and change their minds, which they are allowed are to. Kids, kids do that? They actually commit, and then they decide to go somewhere else? Well, adults do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why 50%, more than 50% of marriages end up failing, but... Uh, you know, is, is, is his prerogative, you know, if he's down with the Sooners and committed fully and strongly there, then good for him. If things tend to change down the road, closer to signing day, and he ends up somewhere closer to home, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Yeah, one thing with TJ, he's going to be an early grad, so he'll be signing early in December. Uh, one thing that I think might help OU was his very, very close friend, Brendan Radley Hiles. We call him Buki was also on the trip, and there's a lot of smoke, Coach Keith, 
a lot of smoke that he might have given the coaches over there uh, a little a little silent wink, little head nod, a little, uh, hey, I kind of, I might be coming here. I might be <clears throat> leaning to OU right now. A lot of smoke. I spoke to Bookie. Of course, he said, no, that's just internet stuff. I just posted one picture on Twitter. I'm not committed anywhere. I'm going to visit Clemson. I think he said in three weeks, they play the Citadel. That should be a tough one for Clemson. Oh, yeah. I heard the Citadel's got a, a, one of their better teams. I'm just joking. The Citadel's got no chance in that game. But Bookie will trip. I think one thing we can both agree on, I, I don't see Nebraska as being the place that he's going to be at. I just don't see that right now. But again, if Bookie were to make that flip to Oklahoma, you got to think that probably definitely solidifies TJ. They're extremely close. and But uh, obviously, we heard a lot of you know a lot of talk about UCLA for, for Bookie also. I know they're continuing to recruit him very heavily, but right now the rumor is OU is looking pretty strong for your boy, Brendan Rathy Hiles. What are your thoughts on that? First off, let me congratulate you for pronunciating his Bookie. name the right way. I, I, I appreciate that. I'm sure he appreciates it because you like to call him Bookie. I like to just kind of I like to but, Book for short. Yeah, Bookie sounds great. Book. But uh, let me tell you one thing about Bookie. Bookie is the Pied Piper. He has an innate ability, just like his older brothers do and did, to get people to follow them. Not only follow them, but to watch them, try to figure out what they're trying to do. And he likes to put on a show. There will be drama around signing day. You can bet your bottom dollar on it. I'm willing to bet my bank account that Buki is going to pull a fast one. He loves the attention. He loves the the attention recruiting brings, and there will be a shocker on signing day. Write it down, mark it down. It's a guarantee. Okay. Okay, I might just have to do that. I think he's also going to be an early grad. So when you're an early early grad, it kind of minimizes a little bit of the attention. You know, a lot of these guys want to have their big signing day splash, and you yeah. know, guys that we know. I was just talking to someone today about Jack Jones. And I'll explain why, because we got we talked Texas A&M in a, in a second, but you know Jack Jack was a guy who you know who kind of talked up other schools, and and we all knew he was going to be an SC guy. Wait yeah. till signing day, had yeah. this big old deal. But I think with TJ and, and Buki, they're both going to be early guys, so I think they might minimize the drama just a little bit. But we'll see, we'll see. Hey, also Oklahoma, staying with the Sooners, they also tripped in Raymond Scott Narbon, nice. and Jeremiah Martin. Uh, I spoke to Raymond. I love the kid, and I, you know, obviously his mom passed away last month, so that just makes you just God. He just makes you just want to hug the guy every time you see him because you just see sadness in his eyes. But he loved it, man, and and I think the one school, you know, he's a longtime USC commit from you know 2017 of uh, April, I believe. So he's been over a year, but you know, through the whole you know ordeal with his mother, he kind of put the cell phone down, doesn't answer D- DMs. But Coach Kish at Oklahoma was the one coach that was able to still somehow communicate with Raymond. And he took a visit over the summer with his mother, and she loved it. Sure. So right now, he hasn't had as much communication with USC, the school he's committed to, as he has with Oklahoma. Yeah. So, again, talking to him, he said the plan now is to kind of get in touch with USC, kind of say, hey, you know, moving forward, what's what's going on? Are we good? You know, am I still part of the program? Uh, maybe take a visit to USC if that's part of the plan. But I really think he likes Oklahoma quite a bit. I think they got a great chance for that flip. And how about this? Jeremiah Martin uh, visited A&M a couple weeks back. Oklahoma this past weekend. 
And there's a lot of talk. You know, a lot of us thought this might be a USC-UCLA battle, but there's a lot of talk that he might be actually leaning toward AM and Oklahoma. Might come out pretty soon with the, with the top two of those two schools and may even take a second visit to AM on his own dime in a couple weeks to go visit College Station. So right now it looks like the counted Cajon defensive end could be leaning toward leaving the state, leaving the West Coast. It could be an AM Oklahoma battle for Jeremiah Martin. Uh, knowing Jeremiah Martin personally, I would not be shocked or surprised if he left the state. Jeremiah is a kid who fits in just about anywhere just because of his desire and his hunger to get better and, and be a big-time player. Um, I can see him fitting in at Oklahoma or AM, both programs. Um, he's, a, he's a kid who wants to get outside of his comfort zone and really challenge himself. So I can definitely see that. In terms of Raymond Scott, I've been a huge fan of Raymond since he was a freshman. Um, tremendous football player, very physical, very smart, active and instinctive. I think he's a great fit at Oklahoma. I'm not sure about the fit at SC. Um, I'm not sure how his skill set fits in that defense. Um, I do see how his skill set fits in that OU Boomer Sooner defense. And I know that um, Coach Riley would be very, very happy to get such an outstanding football player and a better young man in Raymond Scott. Yeah, they, he said it was kind of cool. So he was there, they watched the game, and then they, him and Coach Kitts were able to actually break down the game from that weekend, from his visit. So sure. that was kind of cool. They like him as an inside guy. They run like a kind of a funky, yeah. you know, four-backer set, but the two outside guys are more like defensive ends, so he fits in as a middle guy. So Texas A&M tripped in Tanner McKee, Michael Ezekiel, and Isaac Taylor-Stewart. So I talked to Isaac last night, which is kind of hard to do. He doesn't really respond, but for whatever reason, he did. And he told me that's his new number one. That's his number one school. That's his leader. He absolutely loved it. Which, again, we live in a day and age where no one ever says, I have a leader, I have a top five. They're always pretty coy. But Isaac said, man, Texas football, I didn't expect that. You know, he's used to kind of being out here, whereas a West Coast guy pains me to say the passion just isn't there like it is in Texas. Of course. He said, I saw 100,000 screaming fans. They weren't even winning. And the fans were just going nuts. It was a, that atmosphere was like nothing he'd ever seen. He was in with the people there in Texas. It's a little bit nicer, which I can't imagine. You know, people being nicer than they are here in Southern California. Like, you I'm kidding a, me? I'm as nice as they come. Come on, I have the Aloha spirit. You're nice most of the time. Sometimes. But he loved it, man. He loved the Texas people. He loved how he was treated. Yeah. He loved the passion of the fans. Hmm. And uh, he was really blown away. He likes the defensive back coach quite a bit. He's going to visit Bama. He's trying to visit Bama, at least. He's been trying to get in touch with Tosh. He said Georgia also is a place he wants to visit. USC is involved. Uh, Arizona is involved. Washington is involved. But as of right now, he said he loves A&M, and he wants to make a decision sometime in December, late December. Michael Ezekiel, uh, he's been pretty active in terms of taking his trips. Again, at one point, I think a lot of people thought Oregon, UCLA, maybe even USC. I think the A&M visit uh, was pretty eye-opening for him for all those same reasons. And then Tanner McKee also spoke with him. I don't see Tanner at A&M. That's kind of a new school in his top five. In fact, they weren't even in his top five, but they went and watched him play two weeks ago, so he kind of wanted to return the favor. I still think, end of the day, Stanford, BYU might be the two to beat. Uh, he'll visit Washington. He'll visit Bama this week, November 4th. And... Uh, one other school I missed in Texas. He also visited Texas, Texas the right. Longhorns, three Last weeks week. three weeks ago. Was it three weeks ago? It was like early okay. in the month. 
But AM did a good job. You know, he likes Coach Mazzoni. He likes Coach Sumlin. It's just for me, just, and he, he would never say, I go, hey, so release the shot. And he goes, they all have a shot. You know, that's Tanner. Tanner's like, you know, he doesn't give away anything. Right. Everyone has a shot. Everyone's equal. I just don't see him choosing a school like AM right now, uh, just because they were kind of late to get in on him. So uh, that's AM. Arizona tripped in Chris Murray from Modern Day and Jarrett Bell, an Alabama commitment. Uh, I think both those visits went pretty well. Jarrett Bell is a guy I'm, I'm kind of interested to see. Committed to Bama, had a good summer camp. Um, Bama, obviously, that's his, that's Olu, uh, O-L, you know, O-L-U. U. O-L-U. <laughs> that's hard it's for me to say. Yeah. It's heaven for offensive linemen. Uh, but Jarrett seems to, to really like the fact that Bama's got such a great strength program. He's really into that. At the same time, you know, I know UCLA's making a big push. Arizona's, Arizona's making a big push. And he could probably play a lot earlier at those schools. Bama's got dudes, right? They got 10 guys just waiting in the wings. So it's a matter of, does he want to go play for the number one team in the country, across the country, or does he want to stay closer to home with maybe a better opportunity to play now? So that'll be interesting. Chris Murray already visited Notre Dame. Uh, I still think Stanford's the team to beat for Chris Murray. Arizona State tripped in a couple of UCLA commitments, and one of them actually decommitted. Jason Dixon, who's a JCOL, if there's one thing UCLA needed was offensive linemen, and this is probably their top guy, Jason Dixon, Diablo Valley College. Uh, he decommitted just a few days after taking that uh, Arizona State visit. So tells me that ASU is probably in a good spot to get that flip. And then not a visit, but Jordan Porter from Etiwanda is going to make his commitment on Wednesday. So we're taping this on Tuesday. He'll actually announce tomorrow, which will be today when people listen to it. So final three for Jordan are ASU, Utah, and Notre Dame. If I had to put my uh, money on it, and he didn't give me any of this, but I think ASU is probably the team for Jordan Porter. I think it's just a a good fit for him. He took visits to all three of those schools. And uh, again, I, I think ASU is probably in a good spot. A couple unofficial visitors, Bryce Young visited Washington. It was an interesting game because Washington played UCLA. They only threw the ball like six times because they ran for like 800 yards in that one. Uh, But, you know, going into the game, I think Bryce knows that Washington is a very balanced school. And they kind of told him, you know, I talked to the the father. He even said, hey, you know what? They told us before the game started, hey, we can run the ball this game. Don't think this is, you know, the type of team. We're not going to just be a ground control smash mouth team. We want to be balanced, but we know we can run the ball. And they were able to do that, obviously. Maris Talavo from St. John Bosco visited Arizona State. Maris is out that shoulder injury, but word I'm hearing is he could be back for the playoffs, which would be huge. That's He's our best offensive lineman. He was hurt in the St. Thomas game in game one. So Bosco hasn't had Maris all year, uh, but he could be back for the playoffs. And then Jack Miller, the sophomore from Chaparral, visited the Ohio State. That was a pretty decent game. Ohio State, Penn State. And yeah. Can you imagine being a sophomore in that kind of atmosphere? And got some offers, Keith. Go with it, GB. I know we're gassing you. My voice is I'm starting to feel like you. Yeah. Let me do a quick little uh, throat clear. Excuse me. Jay Perk. Jonathan Perkins. Washington State. These are offers, not commitments. Bryce Young, offered by Texas, Oregon State. Stephon Wright, offered by Oregon State. J.J. Tucker from Narbonne, offered by Wyoming. Teron Madison, a junior running back from Beaumont, California, offered by ASU. Chris Steele, offered by Texas. That's the 2019 DB from St. John Bosco. Uh, How about Jake Garcia, the freshman, 2021 quarterback at Long Beach Poly, offered by San Jose State. 
Ryan Gunderson over there making moves early on Jake Garcia, Darian Butler, the inside backer from Narbonne High School offered by New Mexico. Uh, Dorian Green-Warren offered by Oregon. That's the 2020 DB from modern day. Malik McLean last night offered by the Ohio State University. And then Michigan offered a pair of 2018 players in SoCal. Jarrett Patterson from Mission View High School. And then Chris Olave from Mission Hills, a receiver who I love his senior tape. So Michigan, Ohio State, coming out to the West Coast and trying to get some players. Most intriguing offer there. How about the Ohio State University coming to offer... Abdul Malik McLean out of J. Sarah. I, I argue that he's been the top defensive end in the state this year in Southern California, uh, Greg. And, yeah, I wouldn't argue with you either. Uh, he looks phenomenal on tape. I mean, he's big, he's fast, he's athletic, he's long, he's aggressive, has played very, very physical and with tremendous intensity. I can see why Urban Meyer pulled the trigger on Abdul Malik McLean. He's got a tremendous upside. Yeah. As an athletic defensive end, and you know how they like it there at Ohio State. I mean, right now, they probably have the top defensive line in the country. Um, they got after Penn State uh, in the in the fourth quarter yeah. when they need to make a big run. They got tremendous athletes. Abdul Malik Malkain, he fits the mold of a guy that's wreaking havoc on a quarterback in the pocket. I'm not sure it would have mattered, but you got to think right now with, with UCLA, you know. Struggling. Struggling. That's a, I like your word, struggling. You're going to see a lot of schools take a hard look at because they have a really good class. Sure. Uh, they lost Jason Dixon. They also lost Ken Montgomery, who was one of their corner commitments. Uh, I want to say Ken. Is he from like Alabama or Georgia? He's somewhere from the yeah, South. somewhere from the South. I think he's visited Oklahoma over the weekend. Yeah. So you're going to see a lot of schools coming after their, their guys heavily. I'm waiting to hear, you know, schools offering Elijah Griffin. They might be, but Elijah's so quiet, he doesn't really put his offers out there. But, you know, I could see a lot of schools going after Malik McClain. USC offered Malik last month. Right. The Ohio State's offering Malik now. I think you're going to see a lot of guys trying to, trying to poach those guys right now with UCLA kind of, you know, struggling on the field. There's going to be rumors about Coach Mora. Is he coming back? Whatever. So, but I agree, man. Ohio State, if you're a D lineman, it's got to be a very attractive place to go to. No question about it. Uh, Coach Johnson over there does a fantastic job, and they're really building something special in the defensive front. So, we appreciate you, GB, coming with a lot of recruiting news, a lot of great information. You guys, you got to have an appreciation for my man, Greg Biggins. <laughs> That's a lot of work that goes into that. I don't think you people understand or know. Um, and the only reason why I do is because I try to match his work ethic on the show. So I really appreciate him coming in, giving us and sharing all the information in terms of visits, official, unofficial commitments, and offers. My partner, Greg Biggins, the GOAT yes, in sir. this whole recruiting business. So we appreciate him. Moving along, we're going to get to our sleeper of the week. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Yeah. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. 
We got our sleeper of the week this week. Presented by Sit and Sleep. I want to give a shout out to the LA City section, Greg. I like it. Defensive back out of Lock High School, Ray Walters. You got to check this guy out, GB. Explosive athlete, sudden, aggressive and physical, good size at about 5'11". Great athlete, man. And a playmaker on both sides of the ball, which I like to see for a DB. If you play DB, I want to see you be able to catch the ball on offense Mm -hmm. and get vertical and run past people. Watch this guy versus a not very good team. But, I mean, you can just tell he's electric with his feet, playmaker with the ball, high points and on interceptions, has a nose for the end zone on offense. Ray Walters out of Lock High School, the L.A. City section, defensive back, athlete, I know Coach E. Scott, Eric Scott of Nevada was out to see him last week. This guy is a big-time player. I think his offer list is going to go up, up, and away really, really soon, especially after being our sleeper of the week. How big is this kid? He's about 5'10 and 5'11", but he's got decent length. But as far as an athlete is concerned, one of our very best athletes in Southern California. Very, very explosive, very fast. And did you give what year? In school? He's a 2018 kid. 20, so he's a senior right he's now. He's a senior. Okay, he's a so he's got to get out. Kid okay. out of Lock High School and just really, really like him. Just really athletic. He's got all the wiggle, all the fluidity in his hips. He can get up in an instant. Just really like him. So shout out okay. to my guy, Ray Walters, over there at Lock High School. Our sit and sleep, transparent truth, sleeper of the week. <laughs> Where we see you out there, Ray. Nice keep doing work. your thing. Moving along, we got top performers, GB. I got a nice little list. Do Not you? as big as our normal list. Okay. But we still got it rock and roll. I'll start us off. I like a smaller yeah. list. Yeah, I like a little bit of a smaller <laughs> list. I've got to gotta focus in on that over the last uh, six days, seven days. But here we go. We're going to start off with my man Tanner McKee up at Centennial High School. The big quarterback, six foot six. How about this? 375 yards passing, five touchdowns. Also had a touchdown on the ground. The guy's big time. Same school, my man Cameron Pritchard Jr., the inside senior inside backer. He had a big-time game, 11 tackles, an interception, a sack, and two tackles for loss. Nice job, Pritchard Jr. GB? I'm going to go with Upland High School. Cameron Davis, junior running back, spoke to him last night. How about eight carries? For 145 yards and two touchdowns. Also had a touchdown receiving and an 80-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. So four total for Mr. Cameron Davis, one of the top junior running backs in California. I want to give a shout-out to my guy, Will Boss, over at Palace Verdes High School. 193 yards rushing. Got it done big time um, in a big-time league game. So I got my man, Will Boss. He's a senior at Palace Verdes. Uh, Six-foot-two, 215-pound kind of running back athlete. That linebacker did a nice job. How to repeat performer, St. Francis quarterback Darius Parantis, 10 of 13 for 276, four touchdowns, also rushed for 82 and one touchdown. Huge game this week against Cathedral, and we'll talk about that one on Friday. But St. Francis got a, has a good-looking quarterback in Mr. Darius Parantis, putting up big numbers all season long. How about Davon Jones, the athlete out of Hart High School, how about a last-second punt return to win the game versus Golden Valley? 
with 13 seconds left. The guy takes a punt back. I mean, it's not just an open lane, Greg. This guy sticks his foot in the ground three or four times, makes a couple people miss, cuts up, and outruns the Golden Valley special teams all the way to the end zone. Big time play. You are a top performing Davon Jones out of heart. How about a name that a lot of people might know? At least the last name. How about Ardelita running back E.J. Gable, the cousin of former Silmar running back C.J. Gable. A little different. E.J.'s about 5'6", a little on the smaller side, but he can go. 27 carries for 228, three touchdowns, one receiving touchdown, and just for good measure, one interception. So both sides of the ball. Killing for it. For E.J. Gable. I was a big fan of his, of his cousin, C.J. Yeah, he Gable. had an older brother a couple years ago who balled yep, out, too, yep, at our leader. Yep, yep. Absolutely. Right, let's go to Casimir Allen. Yes. That's our guy over there at Tulare, right? Yep, absolutely. Five touchdowns. That brings his total on the year, Greg, in nine games. 48 touchdowns for my guy, Casimir Allen. I see you, Casimir. I'm going to go buy me some Casimir and put it on, GB. Yeah, man. That's Coach T's guy. Oh, yeah. So Terrence has been talking him up for quite a quite a while, too. 48 touchdowns in nine games. Yeah, man. And again, when you watch the guy's film, man, he can go. It's oh, not like, yeah. you know, it's not like no. the little, little eight-man football no. where you got This guy's, doing, this guy's some, doing some things. How about another repeat performer from Ganesha? One of our favorite names. Remember yep. Zaquan Irby. Zaquan! How about 21 carries? For three twenty-two every week, man, you have a three in, in that number. That's <laughs> dude, that's three, big time. Three twenty-two, six touchdowns. Just a junior, again five seven. Yeah, not not a big kid, but Zaquan Irby can hey. absolutely go. Nice game for Mister Zaquan Irby, Ganesha High School, getting it done. Junior running back, keep shout an eye out, on this guy. Hey, shout out to my guy Zaquan. Let's go to St. John Bosco, DJ Ui Analele. 22 of 35, 340 yards and four touchdowns. And my guy, the Polynesian powerhouse, <laughs> George Halani, 209 yards and a touchdown. I listened to the the game, Greg, on radio, and nobody could tackle the guy on the first attempt. He breaks every first tackle. Man, Jonathan Franklin, George Halani, same player. Yeah, I like Shout that. Shout out to you, George Halani. The Polynesian powerhouse. You know, on DJ, also impressive, zero interceptions. Yeah. So I like that DJ's protecting the football for oh, sure. Yeah. How about uh, wait for this guy to go off? Ranch Cucamonga, Sean Dollars, eight carries for 178 yards. That's Ooh. big time. And two touchdowns. Kind of a, again, kind of a quiet year for Sean. Big expectations on the year, including that 178. Only has 644 on the year, which I thought he'd have that in three weeks, sure. right? But, uh, Right about now, one, one kind of peaking for the playoffs. Remember, Rancho's in D1 this year. That last year, too, but I'm saying Rancho's going to be playing against some monsters, so they're going to need Sean Dollars to really carry the load. Nice job, Sean Dollars. One of the top running backs in the junior class out west, for sure. A big-time prospect with a lot of upside, a lot of ability. Money dollars. Sean Money Dollars. Hey, let's go to Long Beach Poly. Our guy, Matt Corral, he did his thing. 14 and 19, 300 yards and six touchdowns. How about our tight end, who's an elite football player, Cam McDonald, four catches, 90 yards, and three of those touchdowns. Long Beach probably gearing up for a playoff run. We'll see what they can do in that Pac-5 division. Jaden Hall had those other two touchdowns, so those are the five touchdowns Matt threw, and he got he got kicked out of the game. Got kicked out of the game. He got kicked out of the game for two unsportsmanlike penalties, neither of which I thought... Were that big of a deal? 
Everybody's trying to find something Everyone to Everyone wants at. to find something. Even referees. Even the referees. Are wanting to find a reason to get mad at people. What is the heck is wrong with society today? I need to move somewhere. I can't handle this anymore. I need to get off to social media too. How about Santa Margarita? Probably one of the five best games I saw this year. Chad Magyar, 24 carries, 223 yards, and two touchdowns as the Eagles stormed back to beat Jay Sarah on a two-point conversion with 30 seconds left. Absolutely love when teams go for two. But that last drive was all Magyar. Magyar for eight, Magyar for ten, Magyar for seven. You couldn't stop him. You could barely hope to contain him. Chad Magyar is a heck of a player, a steal for UNLV. You know, even when you stop him, Bosco held him in check, rushing. He had over 100 yards receiving in yeah. that game. He always finds a way to contribute. I love that about Chad Magyar. Listen, th- listen. I've, I've watched him play football for 30 years, Greg. This kid, right, he's one of those guys that's going to end up playing in the NFL. Watch what I tell you. Just <laughs> off of it, I mean, he may not be at running back. Of course, you know, he has to have a position. But he may be a special teams guy. This guy is going to end up playing in the NFL because his effort, his energy, his passion, and his toughness. Watch what I tell you. Be on the lookout for Mad Yard in about I hope five you're right. years. I hope you're right. Now, I'm telling you, that, that's how it happens. Let's move on to Devin Williams, the number one athlete in the nation. Six touchdowns over there at Antelope Valley High School. Shout out to my guy, <laughs> Dev Williams. Six touchdowns. He uh, broke the school record, Greg. Hey, Devin, I need you to hit me back on Twitter or call, man. You, I need, we need to do a really broad on Devin Williams not getting back to GB. Oh, let me tell you, Devin's going to call you. I'm going to call you call you out right here on the transparent truth, Devin. <laughs> yeah, I hear you talking. Been trying to talk to you about the Utah trip for two weeks, Devin Williams. Come on. Hey, Don't Dev. big time me, man. Come on. D-Dub, hit my guy back, all right? Go ahead, GB. What you got? Uh, how about a little repeat performer, but might have been his best game all season long. How about Shamanad linebacker, just a junior, Blake Anzalados? How about 16 tackles? How about five for loss and three quarterback sacks? And a tougher than expected win over a gritty Notre Dame Sherman Oaks team. My guy Bucky Brooks over there at Notre Dame. Yep. But Blake Anzalados, man, that's just, that's just big time right there. 16, 5, and 3. That's the triple crown. He's doing everything right. Tough, physical, nasty. Listen, it's going to be, I, I don't know if we, I don't know if the state or Cal High Sports, whoever does, gives away a state defensive player of the year. We need to start giving away one. You know the Transparent Truth is going to give away one. There's some guys at the top of that lift. I mean, it's going to be headed by Blake Anzalados, but yeah. think about it. Nathan Logaleo, Mace Funa. Um, yeah. Malik McClain's got to be Malik up there. Malik McClain, absolutely. Um, uh, Shoot, Isaac Taylor Stewart's yeah, having Isaac freakish Taylor year. Stewart. Elijah Griffin's having an incredible Griffin, year. Yeah, no question about it. Yeah, Jermaine Lole's having an incredible it's, year. Yeah, it's, it's got a group of guys. Yeah. Our guy, the show, Justin Flo. Oh, absolutely. Lil Keith Miller. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, man. It's real out here. Yeah, don't do that to this poor kid. No, nah, man. That, that's a that's high acclaim. Let's move on. Shout out to my guy out in Fresno, Edison High School, Steve Stevens. Steve. This dude's a baller. If you don't know him, you better get to know him. Going University of Oregon committee. He had two punt returns for touchdowns. Nice work. Steve is nice. He gets it done on a regular. So shout out to my guy over there at Edison High School. Want to take it to San Diego real quick, Greg. Eli Noah, Noah, excuse me, out of Helix. 18 carries, 191, three touchdowns. He got it done. That was all in the first half. Jeremiah Rivera from Hilltop High School, 348 yards and four touchdowns. This is rushing. You got to look out for this kid. He's a repeat performer. Keenan Christian 
Kristen, excuse me, out of Madison, 278, 279 yards, three touchdowns. He's been killing it all year, and he shares time in the backfield with a partner. DeAndre Daniels out of St. Augustine, 233 yards, four touchdowns. Also had a kick return for 85 yards and a touchdown. GB? How about it? Mentioned Santa Margarita, mentioned Chad Magyar. In a losing effort, Jay Sarah, Eli Jefferson playing in place of Al Fisher. Fisher was, was out injured with an ankle. Eli Jefferson, how about this for a game? 19 carries for 231 Ooh. and three touchdowns. I think he had like an 80-yarder in that yeah. one. So he, he went off, and again, in a losing effort. But Jay Sarah played so stinking good. Eli Jefferson, really impressive running back in that game. 231 and three touchdowns. Just wasn't meant to be. But nice job, Eli. You know what I don't have? I don't have Jordan Willmore on my tie. Do you have him, GB? I do not have Jordan Will. Can score. we find out what he did? You might look at really yeah, you, you, I'll take you, it. Yeah. You give a couple yeah, yeah, more, yeah, and I'll sure. look him up. Let's take it to NorCal really quick. My guy Austin Jones at Bishop O'Dowd, the big 2019 running back, 248 all-purpose yards and four touchdowns. If you don't know Austin Jones, um, he's gonna be. He's already blown up. He's a national recruit out of Bishop O'Dowd. The guy gets wicked on the regular. Check him out if you get a chance on Huddle. Let's move to Casa Grande High School. My man Kenneth Fitzgerald, 197 yards rushing, three touchdowns. He's a junior, big time player out of Casa Grande High School. Shout out to my guy Trent Herzog, former coach over at Casa Grande, for, for providing stats. Up in the NorCal section. But Kenneth Fitzgerald, you're going to like this kid, GB. He's a baller. We're going to take it to Utah really really quickly. We're going to go with Cam Cooper, the lefty quarterback. Five touchdown passes. He's been blowing it up all year. Going to slide to Hawaii real fast. JT White out of Damian High School had three interceptions. Zion Tupaola Fetui out of Pearl City High School. He had a big pick six to win the game. We're going to move over to Oregon. Gary Hollins, Jesuit High School. They're going to say Gary Howard. Oh, no. (laughs) Gary Hollins out of Jesuit High School. Three interceptions, 13 tackles, 111 receiving yards, and scored a touchdown. He was all over the place. Go upwards to Washington. Dylan Morris, he had seven touchdown passes. The 2019. Yeah, I think our guy B. Huff is at that game. Yeah, I saw him no tweeting question. about Dylan Shout Morris. Shout out to B. Huff for providing stats. My guy's at National Preps, always hitting us with the stat love. Dylan Morris, he showed out. You dub seven, seven touchdowns. That's big time. Um, I know Lindell. They play Beverly Hills. Yeah, yeah. I believe. there's no, there's nothing. There's no stats I, up. I'm nothing on Max Preps. They won 55 to zero. So he might have had a, he might have yeah. had a so, short I mean, yeah, day. Wilmore, he's been on every week. Yeah. Uh, Jordan told it more, feed him more, let him eat it more. Will more. He's, uh, you know, he's big time. Yeah, so absolutely. That's, uh, I think that's all I got. GB. Okay, I got, I, got, I got a couple Orange County kids. Okay, go ahead. Woodbridge High School, Nick Nash. Okay. Nick, not to be confused with like a knickknack in your kitchen. Little small, little thing. My mom used to have a bunch of knickknacks. Yeah, a little knickknack. This is Nick Nash. Okay. 323 yards rushing from this quarterback position and six touchdowns. Also threw for two. So that's eight total touchdowns. He was the Orange County Offensive Player of the Week. Nick Nash was. Wow. And also Villa Park, Daniel Asiata, 12 tackles, two sacks, and a pick six. Shout out to OC Varsity. He was the Orange County Defensive Player of the Week last week. Got to throw in some modern day stats, right? Modern day's got a pretty good football team. How about JT Daniels was 24 for 33, 
336, five touchdowns. Did you watch any of that game? Was that a prep zone game? No, I didn't watch Dude, much. JT of it. had a it got called back. He had a 50 yard return, a run, scramble, run for touchdown. Nudge, he probably made eight guys miss. And they called it back for a flag, but it was one of the better runs. Like, he's completely like. Rev- I don't want to say revolutional. He reshaped his game. He, he completely has transformed sure. his game to be able to make guys miss. I mean, it was three guys missing the pocket. Then he scrambled out, miss, miss, cut to the right, miss, miss. I mean, I, between six to eight guys, fifty yards. One of those guys where you go, man, they called, they threw a flag, like just let this play go. It was incredible. JT down, and also Amon Ross St. Brown. He was the top receiver for them. Eight catches for one twenty-two. And he had three touchdowns. And that is all I have as well for this week. You know, talking about JT, it brings me back to when I saw him um, as a middle schooler playing for the Irvine Chargers, Greg. I was blown away by his talent. But what stood out to me was his athletic ability. JT has always been a good athlete. Now, that athleticism descended because of an ankle injury. And I'm sure emphasis on developing, uh, you know, as a passer and you know, his mind for the game and so on and so forth. But when he was in middle school, Greg, and the first time I saw him, he was a really good athlete. He could run out the pocket and outrun people. So that's interesting because his dad told me when they got to modern day, he was going to be a freshman starter. The plan, the weight program was to add weight, to add size, so we could take the take the hits that were going to come for him. Sure. So it was designed almost, and the dad's like, I'm not sure if it was right in hindsight, but we, you know, we knew he was going to get hit by Jacob Collier. Right. Was we need to add some bulk to him so he can stand up under that. This past off season, it was lean out, yep. add speed, add quickness, yeah. add some dynamic ability to his game. Sure. So it's kind of cool, man. If you, like I said, man, if you're a if you're a young kid out there. Dude, the strength program that you design your, for yourself or have a co- is so big. It's so huge. I mean, I love that. That was my major was kinesiology. I'm a huge fan of that. But, uh, dude, I love the fact that he, he found what his area weakness was sure. and he got better at it. As, as a coach, I mean, we would have exit interviews every year with our, our juniors, our sophomores, our freshmen. We talk about their strengths. We talk about their areas for improvement and how we were going to address those in the offseason. That has always been a part of kind of my plan as a coach. Father JT did an outstanding job, and um, I, I just love the way he looks. He's putting himself—he's college ready right now, but he's putting himself in position to be an impact player in college, not just be a guy, you know, calling signals, but yeah. be a guy coming in making plays. Now they got a plan. I mean, they've have—they've had a plan in place for who knows how long. Probably when JT was out of the womb, right? And the cool thing is. You know, we've been around Steve a lot, and, you know, for me, I, I, I enjoy it. You know, I think he's, just a, you know, got a little bit of crazy in him, but I think he's a regular dude who I think is fun to be around, and, yeah. and they got this plan in place, and JT has embraced it. Sure. You know, and everything's been right. You know, hey, go to modern day. They've only had one guy ever, Matt Barkley, as a true freshman, or true freshman, as a freshman start, JT, boom, that was the plan, got it done. Yeah. He's only been there for two years. Sure. I feel like... We've been talking about JT for so long. It almost seems like feels like he's like a fifth year senior, but he's yeah. he's still got you know a couple of years to go, one more year to go. But no, I think JT, if he wanted to graduate early and Sam Darnold goes out this year, yeah. I think JT could step in and, and be USC's starting quarterback next year. I, I have no qualms about that whatsoever. So nice job. You know what? I've got the same plan for my son. You do ya? And my daughter. Got them all ready to go. And my two-year-old son. We have a plan in place for their social, emotional, physical, 
development. Absolutely. Spiritual? That's got to be Absolutely. first no, and foremost. No, well, I mean, that's without... Without saying. Without, without saying, without mentioning. Okay. Absolutely. So um, I, I totally agree and I'm on board. So moving right along, we're going to get to our game recaps, GB. I want to hear your... Week. Can we, I want to hear your... You got a really bra or a man listen? I do. I have a Can man Can you skip listen. ahead to that? Do you want to... I'm kind of... You didn't tell me. Usually sometimes before the show, we kind of exchange yeah. some notes. Yeah. You want to do it now or we got to wait till after the games? We can do it now. I want to hear you. Okay. Let's do it. So, we're going to get to our man listen segment. Is it about me again? No, no. It's okay. not about you. Man, listen. It dawned on me the other night, GB, watching the Dodgers play the Astros. Is that the... 12 to 11 game? 13, was it 13, 13 to 12. That was one of the greatest games I've ever seen. Listen. Man, listen. My Astros are, are just coming up big Your right Astros. now. Your Astros. My Astros got a chance to do some special things. Shout out to Orange County. Man, listen. The competitive spirit, the competitive greatness of athletes who want to win is much more important than a guy going out there, going for numbers, wanting to be selfish, playing for himself. I coached a couple of first-round draft picks in my lifetime, and one of them in particular, Dayton Jones, he got to a point in college where he thought it was all about him. He thought it was all about his numbers. He thought it was all about how many sacks he could get. And I remember that year he played his worst football and I remember scolding him time and time again. Plan to win is more effective than plan for numbers. Plan for the guy next to you is more effective than plan for your draft status. And I would, I would be on his back every single day via text, via email, via phone conversation, whatever the case may be. And it finally got through to him his senior year. And he started playing for the guy next to him. He started playing for UCLA football. He started playing for his team to win. And all of a sudden, his production flew up. And I'm not saying it's because of me, Greg. I'm saying it's because when competitive greatness kicks in, you start doing things and you start accomplishing things that are outside of your norm. Because you want to win, it makes you dig deeper. It makes it, that intestinal fortitude kicks in. That competitive greatness kicks in. And I want to take you to the bottom of the, excuse me, the top of the ninth. The Dodgers are down 12 to 8. There's two on. Yasiel Pui is up. Yasiel Pui has been known for kind of a me guy. Look at me. Look at my hair. Look at me. I'm Yasiel. Let me stick my tongue out. But that point in time, Greg, I didn't see a me guy. I saw competitive greatness kick in. There's two on. There's two out. Yasiel Pui's up. Just one on. Was there, was there one on? One on. It was 12 to 9. 12 to 9. I'm yeah. sorry. 12 to 9. There's, there's one on. Two outs. Yasiel Pui is up. And competitive greatness kicks in. He, he gets a pitch off the plate. Low and away. Low and away. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how you get to this ball. He swings. Right hand comes off the bat. He hits the ball with just basically his left hand and knocks it for a home run. Greg, that's not about him. That's not about his numbers. That That's a guy doing whatever he can to win, to put his team in position to make a comeback, a rally. 
That's competitive. That's that intestinal fortitude kicking in, that competitive spirit kicking in, making a play when your team needs you. That's some juice baseballs, too, I think, because that thing went out like it was shot of a cannon. Hey, regardless of what it was, <laughs> I just really appreciated it, and I really respected it. And I hope that this man listens to I me. Mean, it filters down to our high school football community. It's not always about you. It's about the role you play. Whether it be on your high school team, whether it be as a son to your father and mother, whether it be as a husband to your wife. It's about the role you play. Be a star in that role. Compete to be the best in your role. And I promise you, everybody achieves more as a team. Together, everybody achieves more. So that's my man listen segment, Greg. Dayton Jones. Yeah. He really had a good senior year. That was a guy who I remember talking to and for three years ago, man, when is the light bulb gonna gonna flick on for the guy? Is this sure. guy gonna even be drafted? Yeah. All of a sudden, I think he had to get that Compton coached out of him. And finally Angus McClure said, listen, listen to me. Don't listen to this coach Keith. Senior year. Yeah, that's shout out to you, Angus McClure. Shout out to my guy, Angus. No, it, it's uh, I like Dayton though. He's always a cool kid. Yeah, he's he great. Was, he's he was, over he was, at the 49ers right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. He's playing for the 49ers yeah. and uh, did a nice job. Had a couple tackles last did he? week. Nice, so. nice. Uh, moving along, strong man. hands, man. I just remember even yeah. back in high, it's just strong, right? Well, you you would imagine, Greg. He came to me as a six foot, one hundred fifty pound geek that <laughs> never played one hundred fifty pounds. Yeah, that oh. never played football before. He came to me the spring of his freshman year. I said, get in the football, get in a three-point stand, son. He looked at me like I had feces on my face. <laughs> and uh, That's a great visual right there. Listen, man, I've got the video. Nobody believes me when I tell him these stories. It's, no, wait, Dayton Jones, you mean the guy who was 6'4", 240 coming out of high school? Yeah, he was about 6 feet, 150 as a freshman. And about the... Weirdest, geekiest kid you'd ever That's known funny. and spoke to in your life. So, That's funny. shout out to my guy. Moving along, GB. Yeah, we only got four games to recap. We yep. mentioned last week it was kind of a light week. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the interviews with Travis Clark yep. and uh, Julius Irvin. We got Centennial Norco, then the three big Trinity League games. But fear not, this week we got a bunch of games to preview. But this past week we had Centennial and Norco. And. You could have probably counted on less than one hand after a, maybe getting a couple of fingers chopped off in Woodshop. Who would have thought this would be a, a game at halftime? This was a 28-28 to 28 tie game at the half. Norco was giving it to him. Travis Dye was running extremely hard. Improved beast. Beast. Burst. Improved? No, no. Stay Looked like that. a beast. But yeah. Just burst. Yeah. Accelerating. I came away from the game, at least at halftime, kind of thinking, man, this Centennial offense is as good as I thought. You can't stop them. You, can, you can't even hope to contain it. But that defense had a lot of holes. They were able to find huge, huge open spaces. The quarterback for Norco, Lasher, I think his name was Nick Lasher. Yes. He was hitting some guys that were just open by, like, yards. Mm-hmm. And I watched that game never thinking they are going to lose, knowing they are going to probably roll in the second half, but yet I'm still trying to picture that defense against modern day or even Bosco going, man, if, if Narco is going up and down the field on them, 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I've been saying this is the best Centennial defense in five years, and I still think it is. You know, you, you give a, a one-game hall pass. Yeah, sure. But I'll tell you what, that one half of football left me a little bit... Uh, Skeptical? Yeah, maybe. Just a little bit. You know what? I, I think I think you started this off right. You think you have to give credit to Norco. And, and I want to shout out the Norco 100%, coaching staff. 100%. Totally agree. I thought they had an outstanding game plan, Greg. They went power football, not off the edges, Greg. They went to the ISO game. Yeah. They went to play action, and they went to quick throws with rub routes versus man-to-man. That's how guys were getting wide open. They had a, some nice combination rub routes to free guys up man-to-man. They did a nice job running their, their, their downhill power game to the boundary. And let me tell you what. The biggest thing I came away with watching that great that game, Greg, Travis Dye is phenomenal. Mm. He's not he is Shane Vereen with better speed, which is a little scary because Shane Vereen's been in the NFL for, <laughs> you know, six, seven years yeah. already. He's at been least, very good. At least, yeah. I quick story. I met Travis Dye probably when he was six years old. Coaching Dayton, we used to spend some time at the Dye's house out in Corona. Anthony Dye and Dayton were in the same recruiting class for UCLA. My wife and I, and we used to go hang out out there. And Anthony Dye, Tony Dye, he had these two little brothers who are now big-time guys. Yeah, Troy, Oregon. Troy and Travis. Troy, they were both hockey players. Yep. But when you looked at yep. them, you could tell these guys going to be some really good football players because they were great athletes as young kids. They just had that athletic body. They had those athletic bodies. Their faces, their necks, their arms. I mean, you could just tell that these kids were going to be players. And Travis, he was the little one, uh, but he wanted to hang with all the bigger kids. And it's always that third one who's always really good. And not to take anything away from Troy or Anthony, both guys are, you know, Anthony was a great player. Troy's a really good player. Or excuse me, a great player at Oregon. But, man, was I blown away by Travis Dye and how good he was, man. His footwork was fantastic. His change of direction was 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 fluid. Uh, his power was impressive. His speed was eye-opening. We already know his ability to catch the ball out the backfield is, is fantastic. I was just really, really blown away by how, not how good he was. I thought he was good last year. Yeah, the yeah. improvement that he made, made this year. Yeah. Greg, he is without question for me in the in the conversation for one of the top running backs, not only in the state of California but on the West Coast for the 2018 class. Yeah, you know, I think he might be the fourth. I think there's a he's the fourth one, right? Because I there was always one. So there was Troy at Oregon, who's killing it, right? Uh, Tony was a All American at UCLA. Yeah, kind of overshadowed by Raheem Moore, but most people thought he was a better football player than Raheem Moore. Okay. And there was, I thought there was another one who, who just wasn't the D1 prospect that the other three were. It's killing me that I can't think of the name. I'm sure I'll get a call from Mark if he listens yeah. to the show, but I think Travis might be number four. I think there was one in between Troy and Tony. There might be. There might, might, be. Have, there might have been. Dude, I, no, the hockey background for me, man, yeah. I, that's, again... They I were, and they I were love really hockey. good no, youth I hockey I, players. Me, no, I've talked hockey with, with Mark. Yeah. He has season tickets 
you know, for the Ontario Reign, who's the LA Kings affiliate. Yeah. And uh, no, he's invited me to come out, and I definitely want to do that because I'm a diehard hockey guy. It's my yeah. favorite sport, probably. I have no, no problem saying that. But no, I agree, and I didn't mean to take any of the shine away from Norco because they definitely deserved what they got. And and shout out to my guy, Greg Johnston. I mentioned him. Yeah. He told me uh, they got like four or five receivers. He goes, hey, we got a sophomore named Cesar Gonzalez. I liked him. This is our best receiver. No one really knows about him yet, but he gave me a heads up. He was really good. Just a sophomore. I think yeah. he had eight catches for over 100 yards. He got size. He, he's size, smooth, yeah. hands. hands. He's yeah. the real deal. He might even be a guy, I guess they're kind of blowing it now, but he might be a down-the-road sleeper of the week because he doesn't have much you know, attention right now. But this guy is going to be, I mean, he's got two more years after yeah. this one to develop. So, yeah, they had uh, uh, they had over 500 yards, I think, right around there of offense. So, yeah. again, big offensive line. Yeah. Right. So, if you can protect the quarterback, you can run the football. You got. I mean, they got you three. Got they got three next level guys on the on the offensive line. Sure. That, that always helps. And then second half, it was just Centeno just took over. Right. Yeah. Turnover score. Impl- Turnover score. Yeah. And Centeno just put so much dang pressure on you because it's not like you have to score. It's not just that, that they score. It's just the way they score. It's almost like. In basketball, if someone throws an alley-oop on you, it almost just kind of like demoralizes you a little of bit. Of course. When Centeno, it's one play, score, it just kind of like, dude, we just we, we try, you know, we get eight yards, ten yards, and then just get one play, score. It's like, yeah. how do you compete with that? It's tough. You cannot have an open open possession because if you do, they're scoring. And it's and, just like and that's stressful. And when, when they score off one play, it takes you nine plays to score, yeah. Greg. That's the pressure it puts on you because you you have to create an entire drive. That means you have to continuously execute. <laughs> and as we saw in the second half, high school teams especially, there's a there's a, that's an opportunity to implode, right? Yeah. To fumble, to throw a pick, to have negative plays, and yep. you just cannot keep pace. No, more games are probably lost than won for the most part. If it's right. equal, and then. Ch- I talked to Tanner. That was only the second game, second the second second half. He's actually played in all year. Yeah, because he didn't play in the IMG game. So, but as far as the, the Narbonne, I think he played in the third quarter. But yeah. he hadn't, he sat the whole second half, every game. So he was like, I was actually kind of glad they scored on us. I got to actually play his football. Yeah, some of those throws he made, man, he looked like you could put him in an NFL training camp and not play in the game, but just you know just. Throwing routes, yeah. He looks like an NFL guy. Just oh, throwing, no throwing routes, it's incredible. There's no doubt. I wanted to just really quickly shout out Cameron Pritch. I know he was part of our top performers. Yeah, I thought he was big time. Uh, he was all over the field tackling, made a couple of bone crushing hits. Yeah, got a pick. Got a pick, forced a fumble. Um, Cameron Pritchard, a senior backer. Yeah, still waiting for still like waiting an on offer. his first kind yeah. of offer. I don't I, get it. I, I believe that that offer is going to come, Greg. I truly believe that. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a model student. Yeah, he's got Ivy League grades. He's yeah, a natural leader. Kid. He's not five eight, one eighty. He's two hundred and fifteen pounds at six feet. So he's not a midget or a dwarf out there. He can yeah. run. He can cover. He plays against high level competition at Centennial. He's a winner. He's a three year starter. He's a team captain. Hey, that that offer is gonna come. I truly yeah. believe that. You hold tight. Keep balling out, Cam Pritchard. Don't worry about that offer. Keep balling out. It will come. Control what you can control, kid. Yeah, Gary Bryant made some plays. Chris Venable, that's a good-looking player, both oh, yeah. sides of the ball. I think he leads the team in interceptions and touchdowns yep. as a receiver. He had five for 149 and two touchdowns and an interception. He might have like seven interceptions now. Chris Venable, that's another guy who's a senior. Yep. Good size. Just one of those guys, just a football player. 
So, yeah, good game. I was glad to see a good game. Yeah, absolutely. I know we kind of thought this might be a 70-point blowout, but Narco, I mean, they've been competitive in every game they right. played, from playing Orange Lou to playing Ratchikukamunga. They've been competitive in every single one. They're going to be, you know, they're part of that loaded D2 group, Yeah, you know, with Valencia and Upland and, and those teams. It's going to be, you know, Calabasas. It's going to be a fun D2 to follow. Yeah, no doubt. You better look out for Norco, man. A physical right, that's run gonna be a game. It's going to be yeah. a tough out. So, Modern Day took down Orange Lou 51 to 21. Orange Lou is 0 4. And real grave danger of going 0 and 5 in league. And I, and I think the thing with Orange Lou is just they just kind of lost some momentum. They came in, you know, had a couple pretty good uh, non league wins and came in with some momentum. And then you, you, you lose your first Trinity League game, which is, I think, Bosco. was to, was it, the, yeah, it was Bosco. Bosco, which I was at that game. It was yeah. a competitive game. They right. looked good. And then they lost to Jay Sarah. Yeah. Kind of badly. Yeah. That was the game that they needed to win. Jay Sarah just kind of ran, just ran away from that one. You know, they got some good performances. I think Logan Lawyer had a couple really nice touchdowns. Kyle Ford, uh, Kyle Ford had his you know usual Randy Moss type touchdown, just jumped over a guy. But just defensively, they weren't you know just not able to to have the athletes to to really contain modern day's offense. You know, Chris Street, Kobe Harper ran the ball well. They they made some plays in the passing game as are always going to. But I think Orange Lou is playing this week. I'm going to look it up. Orange Lou is playing Santa Margarita. That is going to be a motivated Santa Margarita team because Santa Margarita is two and two right now. If they go three and two, they're going to give that. They're going to be that third place Trinity League team, which is going to give them a pretty high place in yeah. D- Division One. I, I mean, you come in third place in the Trinity, you should get a pretty high seed. Sure. So Santa Margarita is going to be really motivated. Orange Lou, you know, right now I, they I almost feel like they're just they're playing out the streak. They're trying to win, but they're just kind of playing things out right now. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough deal for Olu. They don't have the personnel in that front seven to really stand up to any team in the Trinity League. Um, people are getting after Ryan Helensky. He's yeah, battling. he got the crap kicked out of him. like Bosco yeah. again. He got hit every other play. They're fighting, but um, yeah, hey, listen. They, they're probably going over for the Trinity League, but hey. Free agency's coming up, and uh, hopefully they'll, get, they'll, they'll sign some guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll get some guys. They'll sign some guys in the off season. So, shout out to those Orange Lutheran Lancers, man. You gotta yeah. keep battling. No, solid program, classy program. I like yeah, those no guys question. a lot. Like Ryan, I think Ryan Helinski has proven this year he is a dude. Yeah, he's a guy to, to definitely take a chance at. They got some great receivers, great skill. Just need to get a couple more linemen and a healthy Ethan Ray next year. Yeah. So the game of the week, uh, Jay Sarah took down Santa Margarita 36 to 35. Jay Sarah was kind of kind of chasing the whole game down by 13 at one point. I think uh, no, excuse me, Santa Margarita, Santa Margarita uh, was, chasing. was chasing. Jay Sarah was up majority of the game. Jay Sarah was up by by 13 at the half. Had a chance to extend the lead, missed a field goal. That always seems like comes back, come back, come, mm, comes back to bite you. Special teams and turnovers, coach. Yeah, yeah. So Santa Margarita, man, they. Battle back. I, I love it when teams go for two and the win. I just I think it's cool. It's gutsy. The only time I wouldn't go for two is if I'm clearly the superior team. Yeah. And I know I can beat you in overtime. Yeah, of course. I'm not gonna risk it. But if, if it's if it's equal and you're three yards away, you got a great chance to win the game. They design a great play. Sure. They'll just decide no one rolls out to the right, yeah. throws back to his left. Yeah. Jake Peters, yep. the U of A commit. 
catches it. Game over. Nice win for the Eagles, man. That's a good football team. I'm getting our members. You know, watching them early on against Mission Viejo, I said, you know what? They lost this game, but these guys are for real. And, and they have been. You know, Josiah Norwood's been a revelation at quarterback, a transfer. He was the, uh, I forgot what league they played. He played at Troy High School, but he was yeah. the league player of the year. He right. stepped right in, hasn't skipped a beat. Malone Mata L.A. had a nice game receiving. Maguire, we talked about him quite a bit. Santa Margarita, again, they are going to beat someone in D1. I'm not sure who. But they're gonna they're gonna they, be they're gonna upset somebody. They're gonna upset somebody. I'm not even sure it's gonna be an upset if they do. Yeah. Again, being the third team in that league, it's gonna be uh I'm assuming they went assuming they beat Orange Lou, but and that was a really good game. I mean, that's Jay Sarah. Yeah. yeah. God, how do you get over that one? Yeah, no, you know what, Greg? And you were texting me, you know, about the game. I was listening to the Bosco game and watching the Centennial game. So me and Greg, we're trying to cover all the games <laughs> at one time. And uh, I'm, I'm texting Greg for updates and whatnot. So I started watching the end of the game. And I watched the, the throwback, the two-point conversion. First of all, terrific play call, great execution. Uh, I talked with Al Fisher on my Thursday night Holy Trinity show on Facebook Live, and he told me about he told me about and we talked about the rivalry between Jay Sarah Jay Sarah and Santa Margarita. I didn't know anything about it, Greg, and he kind of informed me. He said, "Coach, this is a huge rivalry out here," and he played it up as if these were two teams who didn't like each other very much and were determined to beat the other side no matter what. Santa Margarita comes back and, and gets the dub, but a, a highly contested, fiercely fought, great plays on both sides. Both running backs go off. I said, Magyar, didn't he go for 81 play? Yeah. And like outrun the yeah. entire Jay Sarah secondary, which was looked like uh, Toby Gerhart running the football, man. Yeah, man Size looked and like speed. Adrian Peterson to me. <laughs> um, I mean, just I mean, that's what high school football is about, right? It's yeah, not it about a fun game. You know, all this other drama and his parent drama and transfer drama. Yeah. It's about community schools battling it out in a rivalry game, two point conversion with no time left to win it. And I can just appreciate that type of competitive fire between both teams. <clears throat> Somebody had to lose. Yeah. It was Jay Sarah. But, uh, you know, shout out to Santa Margarita. They came back and they got the job done. Tell you what, though, Jay Sarah, they definitely won the halftime show, man. They had a laser show. You could probably go tweet, look on YouTube. Okay. Just do like Jay Sarah halftime show. show. Yeah. And they had freaking lasers. It was like watching the Olympics. Wow. I'm not even kidding. People are going, dude, this is the best halftime show I've ever seen. That's what they, you know, South Orange County, they do it a little different out there. We, we uh, had that one year at Compton. You had laser show? No, we didn't. You did Sorry. not have laser You had no. <laughs> sparklers? Somebody we sparkles actually had, someone's hand? We actually had the game. The rapper of the game came okay. out and performed at halftime. It was lit. Yeah? Oh, yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I my son has played in soccer tournaments at both those high schools. They're like college-level campuses and schools right. and really nice. Last but not least, we had St. John Bosco. Taking down Servite, Coach Keith Servite Friars, 42 yeah. to 17. And a game that you started a little bit of controversy. A little bit. You put the St. John Bosco Braves on upset alert. Upset alert. And that just made people just go berserk. Hey man. I had people texting me. <laughs> I was in a weird position where I had to, I was actually defending you. I'm usually like, yeah, that's just Keith, you know, whatever. I was actually defending you, saying, 
He didn't predict they're going to lose. He said, upset alert. We live in a day and age, man, where people live to get offended and get to get mad at zero, at nothing at all. It's insane to me. This is the most PC, hypersensitive culture I've ever seen. It's, 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 it's insane. It's weird. It's weird, man. So just want to review what upset alert means, Greg, because I don't know if our listeners really understand that. So what that means is, in essence... If you're put on upset alert, that means you better watch out because Coach Keith had a sneaky suspicion if you're not on your A game, you could lose. Doesn't mean you are going to lose. Doesn't mean I'm predicting you to lose. I'm saying you. it's an alert that if some things go the other way, that you could come out on the short end of the stick. With that being said, Greg, Upset alert was a pretty good notification by Coach Keys, considering at <coughs> Bosco started off the game 14-0. The next thing you know, it's 14-7. Then it's 21-7. Then it's 21-14. Then it's 21-17. Bosco is up and Servard has the ball. Bosco gets a score right before halftime. They score with about 10 seconds on, on a 10-second drive. One, I think, run by Halani, and then one DJ touchdown pass. And it's 28-17, Bosco going into halftime. They come out of halftime. Servite's driving, Greg. They're inside the red zone. They throw a pick at the 10-yard line, down 28-17. So they were at a point where they're going to make it 28-24. And that upset alert seemed to be right on cue. But Bosco makes the big big pick inside of the 10-yard line. They go on to kind of stretch the lead by 14 more points. They end up winning 42-17. Doesn't look like it was a great game, but let me tell you, I listened to it. It was a very, very good game for about three quarters. Fourth quarter, Bosco kind of pulled away. But again, at 21-17 with Servite with the ball, they had a chance to take the lead. Late in the second quarter, and then 28-17 down inside the red zone, getting ready to score. Bosco gets the turnover. So don't let the parents fool you, or don't let the the extras. Are we reaching? Hey, listen, I listen. I don't have a dog in the race, but I kind of do have a dog in the race. I like my survive fryers. (laughs) But at 28-17, if you think, hey, Greg, at 28-17 with four minutes to go in the third quarter, you're driving, getting ready to score. It's about to be 28-24. Towards the end of the third quarter, that's a game. Yeah, no, Servite's a good football team. Yeah, I mean, they, they got dudes. They got they got yeah. many, almost as many D one guys. They had some guys so, kind of go out during the game with injury. My yeah. my man Spencer Lado got hurt. And, Ooh, uh, yeah, Spence, you okay yeah. out there? That's my uh, guy too. No, but that, that's why Bosco Modern Day are so much better. I mean, yeah. they can afford to yeah. have eight guys get hurt and they just they bring guys in. So, no, I mean, uh, Bosco did what they do. Um, they're gonna finish up with. Who does Bosco? I think Bosco's got Jay Sarah. So shoot, they better come prepared to play. Yeah, that's a solid game as well. Yeah, and I know I'm sure they will be. But uh, I think Servite. We talked about this on the way here. I think every every Trinity team is going to make the playoffs, and it'll be fun to to see some of these teams like Servite and and uh, even Orange Lou. They're going to be matched up against probably a league champion from another division. You know, another, another league. Sure. What if they just go right through them? I mean, that really wouldn't surprise me. I'm curious what the playoff brackets can look like. I think it comes out next Monday. So the last game is this week. I think Monday is when the brackets come out. Should be Sunday, correct? Is it Sunday? Yeah, I mean, because Monday is game week. 
So someone you have, told you have, me you have to have film exchange. Yeah, I think yeah. that should happen on Sunday. I know the past they because I've gone before to the CF CF uh, office. Right. But I was supposed to go into the Fox office on Monday to go preview this and they yeah. said hey it's coming out Monday so I'm coming in next Wednesday to talk about it so I mean, t- just to me whatever, whatever Sunday or sense. Monday whatever yeah. but it, this this pretty soon we're gonna yeah. see the brackets come out and I'm really fascinated to see you know some of these lower level training yeah, league teams who, 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 they're, who they're who's matching Jay up Sarah with gonna match up with who's, yeah, exactly. who's Santa Margarita somebody's gonna have a difficult time in that first round I can tell you that yeah but for for Bosco man it's gonna be it's playoff time and now it's one and done you know, it's going to be a lot of pressure on our young quarterback, DJ Wui Analele, who's been absolute just nails in his in his three games that he's been played in. So hopefully they continue to run the ball. He continues to spread the ball around. Guys are making plays in the receiving game. Devin Cooley stepped in his game up a little bit. How about the young sophomore, Chris Hudson, has stepped up his game quite a bit. The defense is getting a little bit healthier. So I, I still feel like, you know, everything's going to set up. I'm curious to who, who that fourth semifinal team's going to be because I, I still feel really you confident. You're just going to fast forward it to the semifinals? I, 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 I feel really confident Mission that modern-day Centennial and Bosco are going to be, those are going to be three Chaminade, or four teams. Santa I think, Margarita. I think as of right now, it would probably be a Mission Viejo Chaminade quarterfinal game to get to that fourth spot. The 4-5 team? Yeah. I think that's the way that's the way it would set up because if you just take the bracket, just one and eight. Yeah. Right. One plays eight, two plays seven. No, it's one. That no, no, no. no. In the quarterfinals. In the quarters. Yeah. Okay. You yeah, got yeah, those yeah, eight. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming okay. it's going to be mission four, Shamanad five. So right? then you have one versus four. Then. Well, you're going to have four four playing four playing five to get to the in the quarters to get to the semis. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Which right now would be mission, mission and Shamanad. Dude, that's gonna I be love that that's gonna be two teams that play a little similar style, oh, really Christian well coached. Laval and yeah. Blake Anzalados. Dude, how about Laval and, and those are probably two of, the, two of the angriest linebackers? Because shoot, we talked about Blake a lot, but Christian Laval has been phenomenal Studly. too. Yeah, that's a great Mission Viejo offensive line. Sure, Elijah Griffin is as dynamic as they come. No doubt, Austin Osborne can absolutely go. Yep. Yeah, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. I don't think so, Greg. We're, you know what? We're getting a week ahead of ourselves. Yeah. In terms of like the playoffs, but we can look the, ahead. Yeah, these teams yeah. and ca- the these teams camps, can. We, we definitely but can look I, ahead. I love the matchups. There's no doubt about it. It's gonna be yeah, man. exciting, man. A lot of Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. So hey, man, I think that brings us to a close. Good show today. It does. It does. Just we, a quick preview of Friday's show. Should we give a couple? Absolutely. So obviously we got the three big Trinity League matchups that we talk about every week. Marday Servite. St. John Bosco, Jay Sarah, Orange Lou, Santa Margarita. If you're just a, a fan of high school football and you like tradition, get to the Marde Servite game. It is one of the best rivalries. You mentioned everything about Jay Sarah, Santa Margarita, but Marde Servite is it's so cool because you have Servite always has a blackout. Their whole crowd yeah. wearing black, and they have just black balloons everywhere, streamers. Marde's wearing just a red out, just yeah. red everywhere. They used to do the scheme at Anaheim Stadium because right. it was that 20,000 fans. I'm not sure where the game's going to be at this time. But that's always a real fun game. We have Sierra Canyon versus Periclete. That is going to be for a league championship. We have Westlake Oaks Christian for a league championship. We have Calabasas Moore Park for a league championship. Chaminade Bishop Amont for a league championship. St. Francis Cathedral, San Clemente, Mission Viejo, all for a league champ. All those games are all undefeated league teams. And then a kind of an odd non-league game. But Long Beach Poly is playing Sarah. I'm not sure how that worked out that these two teams are playing this late in the year, but talk about Division One athletes. There's going to be 20 on the field in that game. That'll be uh, minimum. That'll be a lot of fun. So 
Those are the games that we will preview on Friday's show. Man, you got to listen to the Friday matchup show. I mean, they, I mean, there's a slate of games that are going to determine league championships and playoff seedings. And then we, Greg just mentioned the out-of-conference game. Long Beach Poly, Sarah, maybe the two most storied programs over the last 25 years in Southern California in terms of players playing at the next level and in the NFL and the pros. That should be a huge matchup, intersectional. That's going to be nice. I mean, imagine imagine those teams match up in the playoffs as well, kind of two weeks later, Greg. Yeah, that would be weird. I, I hope not. Yeah, I know. I don't yeah. want that. I don't want yeah. that. But I, I, I see why they got it done. You know, two schools, they're not too far apart yeah. with great athletes. So you got to listen to our Friday matchup show. But, hey, listen, that brings this show to a close. Thank you for taking a ride with us here on the Transparent Truth. Social media, follow us at Greg Biggins, at Coach Keith underscore MP. Follow the show, The Transparent Truth 92. Follow us on Instagram. Want to give a shout-out to NSR Sports. They're going to be coming aboard the Transparent Truth train. Our guys over there are working the youth football side. Be on the lookout for their new podcast. Without further ado, we're going to bring this baby to a close. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.